everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of Podcast by Committee. I'm Nando DeFino, and today we're talking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Greg Allman from the Athletic Tampa. Uh, actually, Greg, is it the Athletic Tampa or the Athletic Tampa Bay? I think it's the Athletic Tampa. We're not trying to alienate our uh, readers in, uh, in Pinellas County, but I think it's just Tampa. Anyway, uh, thank you for that clarification. I should have known that. But, uh, you know, you, you see you see the Athletic Tam, and I'm like, all right, Tampa, Tampa Bay, it's <laughs> kind of the same thing. The Twitter handle is B, so maybe we are Tampa Bay now that I think about it. Oh, all right. Interesting. Well, we'll get to we'll get, <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll get some angry emails about that from uh, you know people internally. But yeah, we, have, uh, right, we have branding issues now. Sorry. <laughs> All that matters is the information that comes after this. Uh, first and foremost, you could follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Allman, G R E G A U M A N. And uh, Greg, like I, I've you know obviously followed you before the athletic, before I came to the athletic, and before you came to the athletic. And um, you're a fantasy friendly guy, which is wonderful. Yeah, no, it's, it's always been a big part of things. Um, it's so much of, I, I swear, it's like you'll you'll tweet something nowadays thinking of it as a strictly hard news, this running back is doing this. And the fantasy feedback is is a huge part of, of what we're seeing and what people are curious about. So it'd be silly not to be thinking of things, at least with some context for what people are doing this time of year, getting ready for drafts and everything. And I know I know you're, you're an excellent follow, um, but this year in particular, I think you're going to have a lot more eyeballs on you, especially for the rest of August as people kind of put together their teams and go through a lot of the bucks because it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's just like kind of like you had a box with a bunch of stuff in it and it got totally turned upside down. It's like the same stuff, but someone just shook it up. And now like I, we got to figure out where these pieces have all kind of fallen inside that box. Right. Well, and just changing coaches, it, it, everything you had in terms of, well, this guy doesn't do this. It's a fresh set of evaluations on the coaching end, technically a new OC and Byron Leftwich. Uh, th- there's things that we're still finding out about what they like to do and, and how this offense will look. Uh, lots of things to shake out in the next month or so. So I was going to start with Bruce Arians, obviously, but since you brought up Leftwich, I guess we could just kind of not get this out of the way, but clarify. Um, you know, everyone talks about the Bruce Arians offense, the Bruce Arians offense, and I think you just kind of implied this a little bit. Um, is Leftwich going to have any kind of like mark on this offense, or is he just kind of like a, a an Arians disciple or vessel or? You know, is is this like? Yeah, I think it's mean, like an Arians offense. Yes, I would absolutely. I mean, By- Byron has played in this offense. Byron has coached in this offense. I would think of him as a, an extension of Bruce, if you will. Um, I think they're very much on the same page um, as as someone who learned what they know about offensive play calling from the head coach. Who, even if he's not involved, I think is going to be on that mic and and contributing for sure. So then, let's. I guess we'll just focus on Bruce Arians for offensive purposes. Um, Sure. And it's kind of like the Bruce Arians offense, you know, it, it kind of is, it's synonymous with high powered and a lot of offense and it's, you know, a good thing for fantasy players. Um, but can we, can we dig into a little bit what it actually means? I, I went through his, his pro football reference page, you know, his kind of tendencies. And uh, every year he was the head coach in Arizona. He was top 15 in passing yards. Uh, in 2015, he was eighth in rushing yards. And that team was 13 and three. And it was all 16 games of Carson Palmer. So it wasn't those years where they had a, a weird quarterback and they had to run a lot. Um, is, I mean, is this going to be a pass-happy offense that's going to involve the running backs? Is this going to be a pass-happy offense that's going to involve, like, four wide receivers? How does this Bruce Arians offense kind of shake out? I, I would tell you, in looking at things, there there's so many asterisks on his seasons in Arizona because there's years where he's on his third quarterback for half the year. Um, the year that he's most relevant for what he'd like it to be is probably when they had David Johnson kind of at David Johnson max. Um he doesn't have a running back that talented this year. So 
I tend to think it'll skew toward the passing numbers. Um, the talent on this team offensively is definitely in the pass game and not the run game. The offensive line isn't necessarily a strength. So I tend to think it'll skew toward the pass. Um, two great receivers, two great tight ends here that, that probably have the bulk of the fantasy relevance for the Bucs. Uh, but someone's going to be a primary running back, whether it's Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones. If you can answer that, you'll get amazing value in the bottom, whatever, three rounds, five rounds of your draft. <laughs> well, Greg, uh, we, we had you on to answer that, actually, man. That's a, right. You just segued into the, into the next question, which is like, I mean, it seems like you're just as, just as kind of confused as the rest of us. Is it going to be Jones? Is it going to be Barber? Is it going to be kind of half and half? I know it's early. I know they haven't even played their first preseason game yet, but do you have any kind of indication on on what's going to happen. I mean, Jones is going 116th in ADP for the NFFC. Uh, Barber's going 147th. So it's not like people are excited about one or the other, but they right. are tremendous value if you kind of say one of them is going to be the guy. It will change. I, I want to have one of those little uh, circle graphics where like the thing, the, the, the RPM meter, if you will, like leans towards Peyton today, leans toward Ronald today. Um, the last practice, for instance, Ronald Jones had maybe the two best practice runs I've seen him have that includes all of last year, um, had like a 50-yard run down the left sideline, broke a bunch of tackles, and fumbled at the end of the tackle, at the end of the run, I should say. Um, and it's like, oh, okay. So then you're like, oh, maybe that hurts. And the defense picked up the fumble, and it's like uh, this wild scene where Jameis Winston in a non-contact jersey is running 50 yards downfield trying to tackle the guy that got the fumble, um, which you don't want to see. But literally within three minutes, um, another Ronald Jones run down the opposite sideline Again, 50 yards inside the five-yard line. And it was like, wow, that's that's something they haven't seen here. Um, and this is in full pads. This was kind of a tackling day. Uh, so it was impressive. And, and that was the first time, you know, I think Bruce Arians has spoken uh, with almost reverence about these two backs, more so than you normally would for the number 29 rushing offense in the NFL. Um, <laughs> and, and it's usually been praise for both. Uh, but yielding to Peyton Barber as the, you know, the primary carrier last year, um, a guy who got more than, what, 250 touches compared to Ronald Jones, who was barely active under under Dirk Cutter, had less than 100 yards for the season. Um, right now, I think it's kind of like the upside of Ronald Jones is gaining very fast on the known commodity that is Peyton Barber. So um, entering that first preseason game, it seems more possible right now that Jones will get more touches. We'll have a better chance to validate that, um, to prove himself. I, I still think if you ask me today, who's a better fantasy back, who has more yards? I, I still think fantasy, I, I still think fantasy standpoint, Peyton Barber is probably the guy I would say. But like I said, Ronald Jones is picking up a lot of steam. Is this like, I mean, like still is it going to be like, okay, so Peyton Barber, 750 total yards, uh, Ronald Jones, 600 when the whole thing's over. It's not one of those and things that, where it's going to be Peyton Barber, 1300, Ronald Jones, 200, right? I really don't think so. And what, what Bruce said yesterday is that it's going to be a heck of a one-two punch. You don't know who, whichever one is the one, whichever one is the two. So I think they're both going to be involved. Um, neither of them might be on the field on third down, which isn't great for fantasy purposes, but. I think it's one of those where if you said right now they want to have uh, 30 running plays or 30 touches for the running backs in a game, I would say it's 15 Peyton, 10 Ronald Jones, but could really quickly go to 12 and 12. And and whichever the hotter hand is going to be the guy that gets the, the shot in the second half. So it's on, on a podcast by committee here. It's, it's very much a by committee <laughs> until until one of these guys has a 150-yard game in the preseason 
shows he can do all the things that they want them to do. It, it's it's the non-answer that I hate to give you guys, but it's it's the curiosity I probably have more than anything else right now going into preseason is which of these guys takes that job and grabs it and runs with it. Um, you, you actually said something that I just want to hit on real quickly is, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about Arian saying things and you're actually believing it. And a lot of times in fantasy, you know, we have the coach speak where, uh, you know, they obfuscate, they just kind of say one thing and, you know, oh, this guy's fine and he doesn't play for the next two weeks. Um, and Arian seems like the kind of guy who's just like, I don't care. I'll just say it. And it's true. Um, so if, if we read things that Arian said and, you know, we have Arian's quotes and stuff, you know, my, my gut is to say, I don't believe anything this coach says. Um, is Arians a little different like that? Like if he says something like we're going to go with Ronald Jones for 75% of the carries this week and see what happens. Will that actually happen? Is, is he like one of those few coaches you can actually believe? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. No. And, and like, okay, all right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I know. I wish for, it'd be easier for my job if I could trust him completely with everything he says, but no, um, there, there is some misdirection. There's some, uh, benign overpraising at times for sure. Um, so no, there, there's things he said and like the fact checker in me, uh, wants to like call him out after he says it, like within the press conference. So (laughs) I'm not, I haven't, uh, but no, he's not someone you should take literally. He's not, I mean, like Dirk Cutter was one of those where he really didn't like, uh, I guess you'd say lying to the media. So he'd kind of artfully dodge around things rather than tell you something that he knows is is not true. I think Bruce is going to speak his mind and say what he wants to say to, um, help his players with confidence with what their framework is for how fans are seeing them, that kind of thing. I don't think he's worried about telling 100% truth all the time. That was, that was a beautiful way to put it, actually. The confidence and the framework for how fans. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, no, that's, yeah I yeah. think he's very, very aware of, of image and uh, how things are being seen, not only from like a football strategy standpoint, obviously, but, but also just a PR standpoint. So I, I do think, again, it's he will be wildly blunt in a very specific sense, like that was a terrible mistake. But if you're asking about a person, if you're asking about someone's potential or future with the team, it's almost always going to be sky high. I can't believe that guy. He's doing so great, Um, which makes it harder to, I'll try and answer, like a lot of times you'll try and ask open-ended questions knowing that. Like if I say, hey, has Peyton Barber looked good? Yes, he said, Peyton Barber has looked good. If I say, uh, who's looking good for you beyond the top two receivers, you try and force him to volunteer a name or name the guys in the order that they come to their mind. That's that's probably the best way to find something out. It's hard to get him to do that. Um, he We asked about the running backs in his start of training camp uh, media session, and the order in which he answered was, I don't know if you guys will get into the depth here on this podcast, but he said Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, Andre Ellington, and Dario Ogunbowale. Um, leaving out what is a, a popular sleeper for Bucks fans in, in an undrafted rookie named Bruce Anderson. So that's one of those where it could have been a, a slip of mind, an oversight that he left him out. Uh, but Bruce, Bruce is a pretty detailed guy. He rarely leaves things out just by, by a slip of the mind. So I was intrigued that a guy that I thought was still in the hunt for the number three job wasn't in the names he offered at the position when there's only five guys at the position. By the way, I want, I want to give a personal shout out to Greg here for, for two things. Uh, number one, before we started the show, he told us he, he's like in his car in his driveway doing this for us uh, to keep it, you know, kind of quiet in the background and as professional as possible. Um, so like that, like this is like it's August, like you said, in Florida and you're just sitting in your car in your driveway doing the show for us. So uh, so like but just just so people know the lengths that Greg is going to help you out with your fantasy teams. That's number one. 
Number two, when I was down in Tampa, you gave me the best restaurant recommendation anyone's ever given me for any city. Uh, I believe it was the Columbia restaurant. Oh, yeah. God, it was so good. I got yeah. uh, I got a lunch on the Athletic at the Columbia. My editor from Miami, uh, George Rojas, was in town. And I'm like, if you want to, we can go to the Columbia. Um, and he totally bought it, and we went. It was great. I love the Columbia. If you're in Tampa, it's it's like my number one, hey, man, where can I go when I'm in town? Go to the Columbia. Uh, get the 1905 salad. Get the paella if you like paella. Get the uh, the Maryland and Joe Salted Boca is also amazing. Uh, it's my go-to uh, salad for the plane and and upset the people. Are, it's good enough where if you're like I sh- shouldn't get food on the plane because it's rude, get the salad and take it on the plane. It's all. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, one of the best. Like wherever I travel, you know, if I know someone there, where should I go? That was one of the best recommendations I've ever had for any city. It was just so good. Um, I want to get the wide receivers a little bit. Uh, you know, like Mike Evans, I think everyone just knows he's Mike Evans. But uh, Chris Godwin has been kind of like this little fantasy darling, and we've just seen his name everywhere. And it's kind of weird because people are like pegging him as this breakout and this great secret. But, you know, his ADP is 48. Um, he had 842 yards and almost 100 targets last year. Uh, but, I mean, is he is he ready to take that next step? Like next year we'll be talking about Chris Godwin, you know, second rounder. Can you get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the same fantasy team? Is he like a 1,100-yard, 10-touchdown play this year, or is he just kind of – did, did we see what Chris Godwin is last year? I know it's a different offense. So no, he, he's a constantly ascending guy, uh, both in football and in fantasy. Um, last year, this time, it was much less the national thing. Uh, but Godwin was a very popular sleeper last year. I mean, he had uh, a decent second half of his rookie year in 17. Um, he just does everything right. I think the big buzz this offseason was Arian saying that that he liked Godwin in that Larry Fitzgerald big guy in the slot role. So wherein Mike Evans is absolutely wide receiver one here. Um, it's wild. You'll see Godwin, I want to say usually is like 19 or 20 among receivers in a draft, which is awesome as a number two receiver when you got 32 teams. So, yeah, I, I, it's like uh, Arians had a line in March where he said he thought Godwin was close to a 100 catch guy. Uh, which is cool because the Bucks have had one 100 catch season in their history. Um, like Keyshawn, I think yeah. Keyshawn had like 101, uh, whatever, 15, 18 years ago. So Mike Evans has never had a 100 catch season. So it's cool to hear him say that. Uh, but yeah, I do think it's legit. Um, he might not get 100, but for him to go 84, 10, 50, and eight touchdowns uh, would not surprise me at all. The, the question, I guess, with this offense is just where the touchdowns fall because. Mike Evans has been in the league five years. He's had two years where he had 12 touchdowns and was a big fantasy payoff. And, and that's, I think that ties for a team record for touchdowns in a season. And then he's had other years where he had five or had six. And he's kind of, I think the last two years he has 13 total, um, which is not, you know, wide receiver six or whatever he is nationally. And that that's the question now is just who's going to uh, take advantage of Jameis's emergence or progress this year and be that red zone threat. I mean, Cam Braid is a guy who has 20 touchdowns in the last three years. All but one of them are in the red zone. Um, he was injured last year. So part of Godwin um, emerging or having the success he had was that Cam probably wasn't the reliable guy they're used to there. So, so it's just, I mean, they had four guys with six plus touchdowns catching last year. I think that could easily be the same. You just don't know which of those guys is going to go off and get 10 or which guy's going to get hurt and have four or something. That That's where the intrigue is for me. Gotcha. Um, just talking about, you mentioned the third wide receiver. Um, you know, Brashad Perriman's name has been around for, for a long time. Everyone's kind of waiting for that breakout. And it seemed like he did at the end of last year. Um, but then I was, you know, reading more of your stuff. I see Justin Watson's name come up a bunch. 
Um, and I think you mentioned in story maybe like last week, a couple weeks ago, that he lined up a little bit in the slot, and that's like the magic sentence. Um, is, is is there any way you could tell? Is this going to be like Brashad Perriman? I know a super deep threat. Um, there was some stat last year about like nine of his missed passes were deep passes, right? Uh, so that could have you know been a much more dangerous number if he had caught them, or if you know if they were thrown better. Um, or, or is Justin Watson going to be that guy who emerges with maybe like a you know a nice wide receiver three on this team and, and possibly a wide receiver four flex on, on a fantasy team with some decent numbers, a lot of catches and a, and a few touchdowns? Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and again, it's it's kind of the one of the big questions of training camp here in that I went into camp thinking that Perriman was the three and that he would get a lot of the deep passes that Deshaun Jackson got last year. Um, was not going to be a guy that gets 60, 70 catches, but might get 40 catches. Um, and, you know, it's six of them are 40-yard touchdowns, you know. Now, in training camp, we've barely noticed Perriman. Um, like, doesn't get a lot of balls thrown his way. He's been a little injured, and that's been his big rep. And his le- it, the whole time he's been in the league, it's, it's that he's constantly hurt. So that's part of the reason I think they're taking it easy in training camp is just to, to limit the wear and tear on his body. But we've seen a ton of Justin Watson um, has been watching Larry Fitzgerald tape his whole life um, and now gets to run the routes that Larry Fitzgerald ran in this offense. So I've probably seen more drops from Justin Watson than I expected in training camp. There's definitely been three or four clear drops. He had a play where he was in the end zone and goal line and came out and caught the ball in the one. And Arians was openly pissed about it, um, said that can't happen. So for whatever reason, he's gotten a much larger chunk of their attention in the first week of training camp. Um, If he makes good on that, he could be a solid three. Absolutely. I mean, he barely played as an offensive player last year. He led the team in special teams tackles. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think he had five catches as a rookie. Um, And again, if he had 100 snaps on offense, I I would be surprised just that much. But again, there's the gaping hole left by Humphreys and Jackson leaving. Somebody at receiver is going to take advantage of that. Um, So right now... I, from a fantasy standpoint, I tend to think of Watson slightly ahead of Perriman if you just like late round receiver flyers here. Um, the other guy I should mention, just because he's he's in the thick of it, is Scotty Miller, who's a sixth round rookie. Um, you know, very unknown in the draft process, but the Bucks took him in the sixth round. Uh, a Mac kid who had really good numbers. His speed has shown up in training camp. He, he's he's the closest thing they had to Deshaun Jackson in terms of speed and downfield threat. And, and a chance to make an impact. Uh, but again, he's a rookie, so you just don't know, is he very much going to have kind of a redshirt NFL year like Watson had last year where he's a returner of some kind but isn't really playing very much on offense? He would be the the dark horse among those three to have a shot to, to make an impact and be a 30-catch guy uh, as a rookie, as a low-round rookie in a pass-happy offense. And uh, uh, on the tight end side, um, is this, I mean, it's Howard and Brait. Is this kind of like almost the running back situation again, or, or is there some separation between Howard? No, uh, would, you know, surging ahead of, Brait, I guess. Yeah, I would say it's more pronounced a tight end. Howard, uh, I, I would think of as a, a top five tight end in the NFL. Um, he has been limited by injuries his first two years. Uh, I think his touchdowns are five and six in his two years. Uh, but if he's healthy, they love him. They use him a lot here. Uh, Winston, uh, I was at an event in Alabama that Winston did where he introduced Howard as the best tight end in the NFL. So they think a lot of him. Um, I, I think they want to be careful with him in terms of knowing he's had injuries, knowing he's finished his first two NFL seasons on injured reserve. But if he's healthy, he should be eight touchdowns or more. Uh, he had, I want to say, 700 yards of offense last year, missing the last month of the season. So 
Um, no, I, I'm very high on OJ Howard as far as uh, young tight ends that could take a big step forward. You know, go ahead and take Kittle first, take Kelsey ahead of him. But after those two, um, I don't know if there's many tight ends in the NFL that I expect to do what I think Howard will do in this offense. Braid's Bray's oh. tricky in that Braid is loved by Winston, great in the red zone, uh, was clearly limited by a hip injury last year, uh, but still managed six touchdowns. So if you need a backup tight end in the 15th round in your last round and need a flyer, uh, you can do a lot worse than Cam Braid probably. Awesome. Uh, so before we get to Jameis Winston, who I think is kind of like, you know, the wrapping this all up, like, you know, we, maybe there's some uncertainty here and some uncertainty there, but, you know, the certainty is there are going to be a lot of passes thrown, I guess, and it's going to be a big offense. Um, I just want to shift off to Miami just very quickly. And, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick last year in this offense, and it all kind of comes together with stuff that, that you had written, actually, um, in the preseason. I, I'm almost positive it was you who was saying, like, you know, the Todd Monken play calling is producing a lot of points in the preseason. Like, you know, last year at this point, they were averaging, you know, 22 points a game, and now they're averaging 35. And you 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 kept hammering that point home. Like, this offense is a little more high-powered than people think. And I, it was – I believe you you attributed a lot of it to Todd Monken actually getting to, to call the plays. Um, was Ryan Fitzpatrick a product of that? If, if people are looking at him as the Miami quarterback versus Josh Rosen, what's going on down there, um, would you take a shot on him as a starter, maybe for at least eight games, maybe you know for more or less? If you didn't get a surefire quarterback, uh, a top half of the league run a quarterback in your draft, he's a great guy to handcuff with that, if you will. I mean, if you looked at his numbers last year, um, I think it's three, 400-yard games last year early on. And it's like the number of quarterbacks in NFL history that have had, maybe it's even four 400-yard games last year he had. Just ridiculous. And and part of that is a function of the Bucks being bad in those games to where they were throwing a ton. But he connected on deep balls really well. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, they went 2-0 and last year with with him as their quarterback against the Saints and the Eagles. Um and again, that's a team that went three and eleven the rest of the way. Don't get me wrong, but first two weeks of the year, you guys remember it was Fitz Magic. It was crazy. Um, when he's on, he's a four hundred yard passer. Uh, can run the ball better than most NFL quarterbacks. Will will sneak in a random three four rushing touchdowns in a season. Um, again, when he's off, it's it's a four pick debacle. But but like I said, there, there were times last year. I mean, Dirk Cutter took the ball away from Jameis Winston at midseason last year and gave it back to Ryan Fitzpatrick for the same reason that the Dolphins are looking at him ahead of Rosen. So, yeah, as a it'll sound crazy, but, again, 15th round, if you want a flyer and a backup quarterback and someone that's going to be tempting when your top quarterback is, is facing a really good defense, uh, he could be that guy. Nice. Awesome. That was – all right. I was <laughs> – maybe I should start putting him on some more cues. Um. Uh, so Jameis Winston, let's, let's get Jameis Winston. Uh, he's, he's currently quarterback 11. Um, and it, look, it, I, I'm kind of torn on this just personally in that, you know, he's, he's not, he's not a quote unquote Arians guy. Uh, you know, the pre-existing quarterback, um, he's had some ups and downs, but he is uber talented and he's in the Arians offense. And, you know, just, you know, even though you said like Arians likes to pump guys up, Arians has a lot of nice things to say about Jameis Winston. Um, yeah. what, like, what would you advise a fantasy player to do with Jameis Winston? If he's, you know, coming up toward the top of the queue and you don't have a quarterback yet. Right. Yeah. It, it, I will say that it's been impressive to me both before they hired Aaron's and especially since they hired Aaron's how committed the bucks have been to him being their guy. Uh, if he does well, he'll be whatever, $27 million a year quarterback long-term here. They've never had that. Uh, if he doesn't, they're probably moving on, but, um, no, everything is set up for Winston to have success. 
whether this is the year that he can cut his turnovers in half um, and, and kind of lose that bad play twice a game, making a throw he absolutely should not make. I don't know. But uh, if you've read on Arians, Arians' entire history is as a, a guy that really works well with young quarterbacks, had Peyton Manning as a rookie, had Roethlisberger early on in his career as he was developing, had Andrew Luck as a rookie. Um, it would very much like to add Winston to that list. Um, it's an offense. I mean, this offense had 5,200 passing yards last year. Um, um, so I think that number will come down, whether it's Winston or not Winston. I mean, it, even 4,500 would be uh, a big number. The franchise record is 28 touchdowns here. I, I go into the season expecting him to break, to, to break that. Um, now, it's the question is whether it's 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions or 30 touchdowns and like 17. Um, they need him to be that 30 touchdown, eight interception guy who had two fumbles. Um, if he can take that step forward and have 10 turnovers in an entire season instead of 20, they'll love him here. They'll give him a long-term contract. He'll be that guy. So I, I do think it's an offense that's absolutely conducive to him putting up big numbers. Um, the defense is still enough of a question mark where they could be throwing a lot in the fourth quarter of games. So, yeah, as a flyer, like you said, QB 11, if you get to that point in the draft where the guy you wanted, the guy you were really keen on is gone, uh, he's not a bad fallback. If he, I mean, if he's kind of iffy around week eight, we're not going to see like a, a no. what happened last year. I really don't right? There's so. no like Blaine Gabbert's coming in to save the day. Um, Gabbert has been in this offense. I think he started at least three games every year of his career. So he's uh, he's a capable backup. I want to say he's 500 as a starter in the last couple of years. Uh, but it, it's not something they would turn to with any eye towards long-term. They have a 66-year-old head coach. They, they don't want to be messing around with quarterback controversies any more than they have to. Gotcha. Okay, so we'd like to wrap up our shows with the beat writers, uh, just you know, getting to know them a little better. It's basically 10 rapid-fire questions. Um, right. You know, just so you know, we're, we're not just prodding you for information. Uh, you know, <laughs> give a little... Get to know Greg. <laughs> um, and again, if you're obviously liking what you're hearing, Greg Allman can be followed, G-R-E-G-A-U-M-A-N on Twitter. Um, you know, longtime follower here talking to him. So uh, number one, uh, what's your favorite trading card? I know you're a collectibles guy, right? What's, what's the favorite trading card that you have? That's a good question. Um, I, I did eBay on the side a ton. Um. While a full-time writer, I've got like 35,000 career transactions. You used to flip football cards like mad on eBay. Wow. Um, I've got okay. uh, my favorite card of all time. Yeah, I'm born in Philadelphia. Uh, my uncle gave me a 74 Tops Mike Schmidt uh, that's not the rookie card. It's a second-year card. It's got a wax stain on the back, uh, but it's it's probably my favorite card. Uh, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. CTC all, <laughs> all day right. long. I got three kids. <laughs> I got three kids that are will we'll drift into like Reese's Puffs, uh, but no cinnamon toast crunch. Don't uh, don't at me. It's uh, it's inarguable. Uh, that's a, you get a little Jake Seeley in you there. Um, how many DVDs do you own? Are you still huh? DVD or are you a di digital guy? How, how many do you think you have? Yeah. I, I'm not a big DVD guy. We have uh, you know from ten years ago. I got all the Harry Potter movies, and I got kids, so there's a million. Uh, Barbie, Mariposa, and you name that kind of stuff. But I do not have that many DVDs. We're, we're like a Netflix uh, watch online people now. Uh, which Muppet do you most identify with? Or which do you love oh. the most, I guess? Oh, you know, you. I probably have to say Fozzie Bear. I have a terribly bad sense of humor. Uh, a little <laughs> bit of Rolf in me. 
but now I, I'm probably have to, it's, I, I'm probably, uh, unless it's the, uh, what was the, uh, like the guy TV host that was so bad. Uh, now I'm probably the, the safe answer is Fozzie the bear. I, I can't deny that. <laughs> um, uh, what do, what do you record on when you're doing interviews? Do you, uh, do you still use a recorder or are you doing it on your phone now? How, how do you, what do you use? Now I'm old school. Uh, a lot of my colleagues are just voice memos on the iPhone. I don't do that. I've got an Olympus, uh, Sony Olympus. I've probably had this one for about four years. Uh, the left button is wearing on it where I'm worried this is my last, last season using it. Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's everywhere I go. Um, what number did you wear? What number are you when you're playing oh. sports? I, it's been a long time since I played and wore a number. I don't know that I remember a number I wore. I mean, I, the last time I played a team sport was probably eighth grade. Um, I, it's like the doctor told me I had a severely stretched retina and had to quit contact wow. sports at 13. So that killed baseball right there. I never played football. I don't remember. I'm old enough for the last baseball team that I wore a uniform for was the Expos, which was a terrible, terrible team to <laughs> be a kid and play baseball in. Uh, I was an Expo. This is like 86, 87. Uh, yeah, was, you know, was happy to have a cool light blue baseball uniform, but I don't remember what number I wore. That's a terribly damning question for me as an athlete because you want to be like 13 all day long. No, I don't. I don't know what number I wore last time I wore a number. Um, can you tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Oh, I'm in Florida, so I really should. My wife is a science teacher, so I absolutely should. Uh, it's it's like which which teeth are exposed where you can see both teeth and the rounding of this. No, I don't. I don't. I I should, but I don't. That's as a person who's lived in Florida 20 years, married to a science teacher. That's a terrible concession, but I do not know. Uh, what color pen do you use when you're writing? You black, blue? Do you, do you go off the off the grid a little bit? And honestly, I've got like a red that I've had with me, which is very. I'm black all day long. Uh, the G2, just to, again, I don't have an official sponsorship, but when the G2 is Bogo at Publix, I'm buying two two packs, and it'll last me a long time. G2s all day long. Uh, the sponsorship I miss Publix, is available. Man. Publix is a great thing. In Florida, <laughs> Publix is a great thing. My Florida listeners are like, yeah, man, all day. Um, <laughs> the yeah, subs. Uh, you gotta get the subs. I get the subs. My my kids love public subs. Um, so G two black. Uh, I don't remember if it's like the fine or the point seven millimeter, but I probably have four G twos in my bag right now. Um, you're down in Florida again. Another Florida. Uh, you beach beach person or pool person? I didn't know there there was such a thing as a pool person in Florida when I when I moved down there. I was like, oh, the beach all day. But apparently, people don't even go to the beach sometimes and just stay at the pool. So I feel like I have to ask this question. Yeah, we just moved last year. Uh, it's awesome in that uh, the house before we had a pool in the backyard and you got to pay all this to maintain the pool. Uh, our new house is across the street from the community pool, which is like the best deal ever. So a ton of pool. Uh, love the beach. My wife's a lifetime Floridian, would be at the beach every day if she could. Uh, I I go to the beach and like cover myself and I'm under an umbrella and put SPF 150 on and fear the sun. Uh, but I do like the beach. Uh, we go to Clearwater Beach. I got married on Pasigrill Beach in St. Pete. So that's a, a special one for us. I, I should be at the beach at least twice as often as I am living in Tampa an hour from the beach. Uh, so I, I need to be more of a beach guy. But again, we got a pool across the street. So that's nice. Too. <laughs> uh, last question for you. What's your favorite cartoon? Favorite like like on TV cartoon, not like comic strip cartoon. Um, that's a good question. Like my kids are beyond their tv watching years so um like 
Phineas and Ferb was really strong when my oldest was like seven, eight years old and could watch that like mad. Um, I really like that, but I can't say I've watched it in five years. You, you kind of watch what your kids watch. Um, so that'd be my answer. I really like Phineas and Ferb. Uh, obviously, as a kid, I'm, I'm dating myself here, but watched all the normal Smurfs and all that kind of nonsense 30 years ago. Uh, so no, my answer would be Phineas and Ferb there. Greg, like this is this is really awesome, and I'm sure supremely helpful for people listening. Um, even if it's like, hey, I don't have the answer, it's good to know. Like, even like the guy who like lives and breathes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doesn't have the answer, so there right. is no answer. So we just kind of yeah. take a shot, you know, take a shot, and maybe something works out. Absolutely, yeah, like I said, those running backs. If you're stuck there and you need two backup running backs, and you want to handcuff Barber and Jones, one of them will be hundred yard, ten touchdown guy. I I do not put a gun to my head, know which one it'll be. And that's the pro- that's the problem that we all have too. So I guess it's it's kind of comforting to know that some of that stuff yes. is just with complete authority. Yeah, truth, I can you know? say yeah. eat at the Columbia, uh, buy an Olympus, buy your G twos when they're Bogo at Publix. Those are my big sell stone cold <laughs> locks for the podcast. Thank you very much for that, man. And now you're free to go back inside, man. Uh, th- thank you very much for doing this, and, and like double thanks for you know making the accommodation of going to sit out in your rental car uh, no while we're doing this. Um, Greg Allman, everybody. F- follow him on Twitter at Greg Allman. That's A-U-M-A-N. Check out uh, The Athletic Tampa or The Athletic Tampa Bay. Uh, just, you know, just it'll show up whatever you look for. But uh, Greg, thanks so much, man. This, this is really awesome. Oh, no, thanks, guys. It was a blast. Do it again soon.